to be part of the first webinar of the resurgence series that ADI will be conducting uh, this entire month. Uh, before we get into the event itself and the details of it, uh, I would invite Hema, uh, the ADI president, to introduce us to the work that ADI is doing and the resurgence team itself. Hema? Hello, everyone. I'm told that today we are going to have more than 500 participants joining in from over 60 cities worldwide. A very warm welcome to each one of you. Let me start by introducing ADI. It's one of the only professional network of design practitioners and students set up as a not-for-profit to align and promote the interests of design professionals in India. Our chapters are spread over six cities and growing. In the last 10 years of our existence, we have increasingly become the voice of the design community and have taken the initiatives to promote their professional interests. As a community, a large percentage of us are freelancers or run small businesses. Our service models come with unique challenges that need tailor-made solutions. The current times are testing each of us. We are learning to realign ourselves, reframe our new norm. We have concerns and questions about project pipelines, delayed schedules, cash flows, financial obligations, and what awaits us at the other end of the lockdown. There seem to be a lot of webinars being hosted by various industries to explore the many different issues affecting them in these times. We thought it's time for the design community to discuss what is happening in our industry and to see if we can learn from each other. We will focus on the positives of our current reality and how to best prepare ourselves for the future. To address some of these issues, we've organized a series of webinars to help us plan better to deal with this new reality. Collectively and as a community, the truth is, there will be a light at the end of this tunnel and we will come out stronger. That's what we mean by resurgence. Welcome to Resurgence webinar brought to you by ADI. Starting with the first one in the series today, a new way of working. I request Runjun to take over from there. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much, Eva. I think we've probably started with the most relevant topic uh, possible because this is this new way of working is impacting all of us every day. There are some perks of being able to work in our pajamas and shorts, but uh, we are also sort of trying to juggle uh, the craziness of uh, managing dinner preps with deadlines uh, from the same uh, desk come dining table. Uh, and uh, this is disorienting, uh, sometimes even terrifying as to what, when the normal would be back. Uh, there also lies an uh, interesting opportunity in this time. Uh, an opportunity because whatever we practice today and uh, just before this uh, started, uh, uh, we had a little practice session and Narendra was saying that people have become more productive actually. So there, there is an opportunity here that uh, whatever we practice today could be part of our collective new normal in the future. Everything that was part of the normal was once unimaginable. High-speed internet became normal at some point. Netflix became normal at some point. Even TikTok became normal at some point. So we are probably creating the new normal as we speak. And I hope we'll be able to address both sides of this normal, with terrifying as well as the exciting. And I look forward to pick these intelligent six brains that we have in our panel today 
and I would like to take a little moment to introduce our panel quickly. Uh, I will start with Nishma. We have Nishma Pandit. She is a co-founder at Ticket Design, a multidisciplinary design consulting firm. Uh, she has decades of experience and many award-winning products under her belt. So hi, Nishma. Welcome. Hi. We also have Tane. He is the CEO and Creative Director at Fractal Inc., uh, where he regularly works with large conglomerates and PSUs in the area of digital design. Hi, Tane. Um, we have Nareen Thakate with us. He is the Head of Research for UX Service Design at Tata Alexi, and he manages a large team of 100 plus designers. Uh, while also ensuring revenue targets being met, not the envious position to be in. Uh, hi, Hare, welcome. Hi. Uh, we also have Ayush Kasliwal. He is the creative director and CEO at AKTPL, where he works in craft and manufacturing sector, collaborating with designers across the globe and even delivering products for a global audience. Uh, hi, Ayush, welcome. Uh, we have Siddharth Kabra with us. He is director at Monsoon Fish. Uh, he has a team of 40 plus designers and they work on mobile web applications, software, websites for companies across the world. Hi, Siddharth. And finally, we have Seema Seth with us. She is the founder of Studio Sky, a brand uh, design and communication firm with a collaborative business model. And she also contributes as a guest faculty at Shusti and NIT Bangalore. Hi, Seema. Hi. So we will dive right into the panel discussion, but uh, before we do that, I want to just make a note for everyone in the audience. So having said that, let's start with the discussion. Um, and I wanted to start with a little bit of a personal take from all of you, all six of you. As we said, our work and life is colliding right now in the physics, same physical perimeter of our houses. So how are you guys individually, personally holding up? How are you managing uh, work, uh, home, uh, personal well-being, mental well-being, all of this? What is your experience being like? I will start with Tanek. Well, thanks, thanks, Runjun. I think uh, thank you, thank you, Hemant, for actually uh, making this possible. Around 250 people already. I think it's, it's a great opportunity for all of us to be connected in this kind of early situation. So I think my first point is that I think we were, I was just kind of trying to kind of get my thoughts around that what exactly has happened now. And somehow I'm kind of really relating it to demonetization. I think the situation is better than demonetization. We are doing much better than what happened during demonetization uh, in terms of floating around. And uh, what, what my opinion is that at the moment, most of the designers, and at least I can speak for the people who are working uh, with me, we're more than ready to actually jump into the situation. It was more like swimming, you know, when you're learning swimming and you're actually um, having all those guards around and although you know swimming, you're kind of very reluctant to take this off, uh, those balloons around you. And uh, suddenly when your instructor kind of takes those off and pushes you into the swimming pool, you start swimming. So I think, uh, in my opinion, we all were quite ready to actually uh, take this whole situation more than ready, I would say, uh, and, and 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 I think that's a, that's a very positive point because I think I've seen seen everybody right from uh, employees, designers to uh, clients. Uh, I think they are more accepting of the situation now. Uh, they are kind of really understanding the whole kind of really situation at the moment, and they are being very empathetic about 
everybody. Uh, be it vendors, we are obviously come as at times we are called as vendors, but uh, we see a lot of empathy that they are bringing onto the table, which actually has made our lives much more easier. I would say, uh, as Narendra was talking about, I think uh, productivity has productivity has definitely increased. I don't know uh, increased just because we are sitting in in front of the computer and we don't have anything to do, or just because uh, it feels like it has increased. uh because we are sitting down uh so much uh it might be it might be either of them i think uh i think that that's what that's what that's where i am also in terms of uh, the millennials i also thought that the i mean more than us i mean obviously all of us are have been kind of doing design as a business for quite some time uh but the people who actually work with us uh, especially the millennials i think they were already quite attuned to this kind of working you know uh they I, I mean, with no offense i mean i've seen designers work for 8 10 hours just putting their headphones on uh without any communication and just concentrating on what they're doing actually uh and i think it's just that when you're actually pushed into a situation you start feeling the emptiness uh, although you although knew how everything will get this get get together uh so it was just this kind of really paranoia that you know what i'm not going to office right now but i think in a day or two what happened was that everybody started to enough really feel this as as a normal and i think uh, that's one of the reasons what why narendra actually mentioned as well that i think the productivity has increased because uh, the gap in adapting to actually this new norm was very very little uh, we have already ready with technology tools we are ready with uh, a mindset of actually working uh, remotely obviously some industries were much more ready to work remotely than us but i think uh, uh, there was no not much gap in adapting to this new situation so i think it's it's a in a way i always take things in a positive uh, hemant also mentioned that i think the resurgence is more taking positive over the situation i think there will be more positives out of this particular situation than actually anything else uh, that i see as a, a going ahead uh, more patience really yeah more patience more client empathy and i think uh, much more productivity and kind of really responsibility that uh, uh, that i'm seeing that the youngsters are taking on their head even working from the home is absolutely amazing phenomenal i would say so uh, that's my take on it i think i'm looking at it as a much much positive push into the swimming pool although we knew swimming now we have to do swimming so that's interesting i'll go to nishma now nishma what has been your experience like how are you managing i think it's uh... wonderful that tanay started on a very positive note and uh, you know it is it, it is tough times and it's it's very important for all of us to stay positive but that you know doesn't change the situation it is tough and i'm sure we will come out of it uh, much stronger and much better prepared to face the world for us you know from the time that uh, all of this the wait uh, you know rolled it was so fast it's been a roller coaster ride for me i think i remember around 16th of march when we were talking about uh, social distancing so you know we started changing things in the uh, studio although back of our mind we knew things are going to move faster because other countries you know things were happening but we started preparing for social distancing the next day we knew that you know we, we were planning for sending some people home and reducing the number of people in the studio so that you know some can be at home and some who need to be there can be there and immediately the next day all of us were out the place was empty completely you know at home so 
things moved so fast for us we had to you know kind of think on our feet take quick decisions and even fast actions so so that you know uh, we could uh, be prepared for facing the coming weeks and uh, thankfully our team has been great and the way they have adapted themselves they have all you know been uh, wonderful at uh, trying to uh, face the situation with with us all of us together and uh, that's the things that that's the way it happened at uh, the work front and you know when you when we talk of being at home you know the work life balance and all of that uh, i wish it was happening at a different time it, it's like trying to achieve work life balance in captivity right <laughs> when you don't really you're not really willing and prepared for it so uh, yes uh, you know dealing with all these changes and suddenly having to put systems together to uh, work from home dealing with the uh, um, you know because especially since we are in the creative field uh, field of design where we are uh, always trying to create the next confidentiality becomes very important so dealing with uh, you know things that have to be dealt with at that end and then at the same time you see your family around you you see your demands of uh, you know home life around you so i mean in the first week or so we were trying to adjust to that and then the second week was like yes we are kind of settling it and this is the third week when we all uh, get up get the jobs done fall into our cocoons come out of it in between fall back into our cocoons so everybody is like kind of settled into the uh, the working from home uh, environment and uh, let's hope like we are nearing the completion of this lockdown and uh, <laughs> just when you feel settled <laughs> yeah yeah just when you feel settled into all of this you're going to be back to square one i don't know where this leads us but uh, yes it's been it's been very interesting and it's been uh, it, it is a life event i think it's a life event for all of us and uh, we have learned so much from all of this we have learned so much from uh, the way we have dealt with it and all of us are probably going to come out way stronger um i talked to narendra now narendra has has your experience been similar Uh, or has it been different how are you keeping your spirits up yes yeah, so since we're talking on the personal side of things so uh, let me admit i really miss my office <laughs> so uh, especially the little little things like we have the mati chai shop where uh, you know i'll just gather one or two guys and we'll go quickly have a shop this inside our uh, campus we'll have a quick tea so things like this that we took for granted suddenly we are uh, missing and uh, the other thing i have a lot of friends who are in the it sector i have a lot of uh, relatives and i used to always feel jealous and envious that oh you have this work from home policy you can do anytime you don't you can avoid bangalore traffic it's so lucky for you and now i suddenly i don't feel so envious anymore you know so it's <laughs> so uh, yes of course i mean uh, given a choice uh, this may not be the preferred way of working but as we will discover in our discussion today that uh, there are a lot of positive things about uh, being able to work remotely and uh, we need to really discover that and uh, ensure that uh, that's what keeps us going I, i mean just one last point before we sort of uh, i mean i hand over uh, 
I was talking to some of my uh, designers and uh, you know, a couple of them, uh, let's say, don't have a project, they have their own bench. And they're the ones who are feeling most uh, frustrated and people who are busy are feeling very happy and content because they have something to do. And that is a key learning that uh, if you really have an objective, if you have things to do that you want to accomplish, then it really doesn't matter whether you're at home or at all office. Absolutely correct. I'll go to Ayush now. Ayush, you work in the craft and manufacturing setting. Has, how has your experience been? So, um, to be very honest, uh, I, I'd love to be very positive about it, but uh, the thing is, we've kind of shut shop for the last, uh, you know, ever since the lockdown happened. Um, our work is such that we need to see things, we need to feel things, we need to resolve things physically, and um, because a lot of things are crafted, the resolution is not uh, digital. We, there's only some extent to which we can draw and convey, uh, uh, you know, an idea, but the resolution of materials happens when you have it with in front of you, and uh, even communication. So when we work with crafts, it very often you're not able to work with drawings per se, with you know, with digital drawings or 3D models. There's a sort of a tacit understanding that we need to have with the makers and also understand the process, which is again very difficult to understand remotely. Now, as far as working with craftspeople in their homes, it was something that has been kind of happening over time because we do a lot of work for WhatsApp. Um, so we work kind of poised towards it, but the element of seeing things happen, resolving things, and when it comes to production, um, uh, doing quality assessments, of figuring out how things are going to move from one place to the other. There's lots of nitty gritty and because it is product oriented, there's something at the end of the day that we are holding, um, which is a very critical part of how we work, how we understand. Um, that is missing and, and I miss it a lot uh, um, to see things. And the good thing about our sector is that we see new things every day. You know, something new is happening and that, that, that gives us a huge kick, which I miss. So, um, I've been kind of taking it in a good spirit that, okay, fine, it's time to sit back, relax, see where we're going, how we want to go, how we want to resolve, how we want to move ahead. But reality is that once you're sitting at home, you know, it doesn't really work as much. So yeah, so that's, um, I kind of take an extended holiday for myself and for everybody else around. My kids are loving it. My family's loving it. My dog's loving it. So uh, yeah, we're making the most of the situation. And um, at the same time, there's a lot of uncertainty because you know, even though we say a lockdown is going to open, for us in the manufacturing, um, it has a huge, massive impact because how are things moving? How are people moving? How are goods? How do you make sure that people who are working with us are not compromised because of us? So the setup, the protocols, everything uh, becomes very important. And when you're working with craftspeople, you know, far and wide across the country, where a product is handled through multiple places, multiple people, um, you know, and then from us it goes onwards. Um, We've had a lot of clients uh, voice a concern of products coming out from us. So how are we making sure that that is okay? And also, um, uh, just generally, the, the situation is so uncertain because a lot of clients have also canceled orders, postponed payments. So there's a lot of uncertainty that we're kind of walking into. Um, so like uh, I said, uh, we kind of being pushed into the far end of the pool and we don't quite know how to swim yet, but we know that we'll figure it out. Absolutely. Uh, Siddharth, I'll come to you now. Uh, what has been your experience like? Has it been easy or has it become easy over the last two weeks? Siddharth? Hi, hi everyone. So it's, it's been slightly mixed. Uh, 
what is what has happened is uh, you know obviously there are certain things that i really miss from office uh, most most of it is uh, uh, to do with a lot of casual uh, conversations that that happen in office uh, there's a lot of serendipity uh, uh, you know uh, a design project that is happening and and you know trying to solve problems uh, what has happened now it has become very deliberate so though uh, you know we've, we've shifted very well to uh, start working from home uh, in a way uh, most of our organization was poised to uh, kind of uh, you know work from home in fact even before this i work from home once a week uh, anyway um, so from that sense the team and the organization uh, was pretty much uh, okay with working from home uh, we've had uh, tools in the past that that have helped us uh, work from home um also most of our clients are uh, you know uh, not around and not face to face so they have been you know used to uh, having online meetings uh, and getting uh, deliveries online only so it's it's not too much of a difference from that end uh, what has definitely happened is uh, we've become more efficient as a team but i think uh, also we've become more boring as a team because uh there's a lot less fun uh, when you're not face to face there is not a lot of uh, what i would call in office useless conversations or you know chai pe charcha that kind of stuff is not happening anymore uh, or you know we have to make it really deliberate so we have a friday evening where uh, everybody grabs a cup of coffee and we just talk about um, things that are not related to projects or things that are not related to design so we have had to deliberately you know cause this uh, casual conversation but otherwise i think we've become more efficient uh, another thing that i see is that clients also have more time now so they have been pushing us a lot more and over the past 3 weeks we have actually gotten a lot more done uh, than otherwise which is i think i think a good thing uh, overall um, and uh, i i can see a lot is about what will happen in the future i mean what happens after this lockdown or how do we uh, you know our jobs going to change and i think uh, the outlook at least that i have is uh, is extremely positive i think we've all learned a new way of uh, of working and we've all uh, also learned that a lot of things are unnecessary uh, both uh, inside the office and at the client's end Uh, and i think i think uh, that's been very very exciting um what has also happened is that people have had a lot of uh, extra time because uh, uh, there's uh, the commute is avoided uh, there's nothing to do in the evening and we've utilized uh, this time to ensure that uh, our training and learning programs really take precedence so uh, we've pushed a lot of uh, online courses and uh, all our team uh, and we've set targets for these 3 weeks and uh, all the people in our team uh, are learning something new in this 3 weeks so i think uh, we're making the most of uh, of this lockdown uh finally i'll talk to seva seva you were planning to multitask during this session as well <laughs> so how have you been managing tell us um so i'm i'm going to keep my answer really short and share like a personal anecdote something that happened to me last week um So uh, to be completely honest, I've always been the person who's questioned this whole work-life balance debate. 
um, to me, work and life are pretty much, you know, they merge for me all the time. Um, so I think right now what I'm struggling more with instead of work-life balance, which was your question, I think it's the multitasking that's required between household chores and deadlines uh, and sort of, you know, just making sure things are working smoothly is what I'm struggling with. Um, so last week I had a client call and I knew it needed about an hour of my time. And I was also staring at this giant pile of fresh laundry that needed to be ironed. Um, so I decided to merge the two. And so I started my client discussion saying, let's talk. I've like taken an hour out for you, but let me let tell you that I'm going to be ironing clothes through this conversation. Um, we all had a good laugh, but after that it was business as usual. Um, so I think people are being a lot more empathetic, as Tanay said, and more supportive. And I like that we've reached a point where we can talk about these things a lot more openly now. So yeah, yeah those are my two bits. <laughs> nice. What a relief that is, actually. I was actually trying to chop vegetables uh, uh, through this webinar, but I decided <laughs> against it. <laughs> where do you get vegetables from? That's also a tough one, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that is that is a tough one. I'll come to Nishma next. Nishma, one of the things that designers love uh, is brainstorming, right? We feed off each other's energies, uh, each other's ideas, and create something that is bigger than anybody, any individual's vision. Really, how do we uh, how do we replicate that kind of energy of a brainstorm, of that chai pe charcha, of that chit chat that happens in a physical setting? How do we replicate that in an online setting? Uh, and has there been some experiences when you've seen some sparks? So uh, what I feel is that uh, it's very difficult to replicate that energy of an in-person brainstorming session, especially since we work with uh, physical products, you know, uh, like what Ayush was mentioning, isn't it? So, you know, there are, when you're brainstorming, it's not just, you know, you are thinking and not just uh, drawing or something like that. You're, you're uh, working with material, you're bringing some sample, you may have some uh, block mockups, you may have some uh, file you'll open and somebody else will open and then you uh, bring a, a print or a scale drawing or a one is to one and then you cut some template. And then you, you know, check those and you quickly go to the workshop and you try something and you come back and you show that this is how it works. You know, I may have sketched this mechanism, but if you push it like this, you know, this is how it will work. So uh, I feel that brainstorming in person together is a very uh, involved activity and it requires, it's a multi-sensorial activity. You know, it requires all your senses to be working together. So you touch and feel things and you can, uh, you know, have an exchange of thoughts, you prove an uh, idea, you are looking at something together from different aspects, from different points of view. And, uh, you know, uh, your eyes are not glued to a small screen or a sheet of paper that you will show on the screen, you know. Uh, and also the limitation of the, the problem is that maybe if you're working from home under certain other conditions where you could go out and buy something and get it and dry it out and cut it and all you have a workshop at home it's maybe it might be more productive but even the conditions right now are so restrictive that you know even if i want to go and buy some glue and paper you can't get i, I know my team is falling short of paper to sketch on you know they are facing this problem so how does one take care of uh, things like that you know and uh, 
how do you immerse yourself into that problem area with all of the things around you creating that mess together you know we all create a mess together when we are in a brainstorming right you are putting ideas here ideas there making something putting it together and everybody is like kind of uh, contributing to that and um, you know one idea leads to another another one to another but in this kind of a setup it's not that easy not that it cannot be done of course it can be done i mean having to do it if there are no other options one would uh, think of doing it but i think what happens what what becomes more uh, important is is for people to be thinking on their own becomes more important if you're doing uh, brainstorming when you're not all of you in the same location you will need to have better communication skills you will need to have better communication skills over video and audio better skills of representing your thoughts you have to work harder towards you know telling each other communicating with each other to you know prove a point that yes this is my idea you know this is what i think otherwise it's much easier like when you are or maybe somebody helps you in sketching what you are saying you know uh, trying to put it together maybe you know while you are saying something someone else gets an idea and they go and make some small thing and come so you have to work harder in a brainstorm if you are you know who you would try to do it through a method like this uh, so what i feel is that you know if there was no options you suppose you know there was no option this is how life would be and this is how we have to brainstorm then what would it be like would it be that uh, we have to do parallel prototypes so like i make a paper plane here and you know you must also make a paper plane there the same paper plane that i am making and then you must experience it the same way i am experiencing it and look at it from the same angle especially because you cannot replicate all of your senses right you can hear and see but you can't touch and feel so how does one do that that is uh, <laughs> that is one thing i don't know how it's going to happen so maybe we'll have fast enough uh, yeah uh, 3d printing or we'll something i don't know <laughs> maybe yeah. we'll figure out the unimaginable yeah. also um, i'm, I'm going to come to seema now uh, seema you work in a very opposite sort of setting you are a graphics and a communication designer but you work in a business model where you are constantly collaborating with new people all, all the time on every project and uh, a lot of them actually work remote they don't even uh, work out of bangalore sometimes so how what has been your learnings and are are there some things that you were just intuitively doing with within your projects that are coming in handy now um so yes you're right uh, i very consciously don't have an in-house team because i enjoy working with people with different skill sets and expertise uh, especially putting teams together for projects with different requirements um so i think something that that i a couple of things that i do as a matter of habit um because like you said everyone is in different places um one of course i think by habit all communication is a video call um because it really helps to see a person's body language facial expressions um in the very first briefing right right from the very first briefing to every feedback session that we do uh, even with clients um a phone call just doesn't cut it sometimes because somebody might say yes i understand but then they you know you you might miss out on the facial expressions where you see a little trace of confusion or doubt um so those are i think that's something that i just do by default and now because we're in a lockdown everybody 
enjoys video calls a lot more as well. Um, that's just become second nature to us suddenly. Um, I think the other, I mean, this is not really the most scientific answer, um, but I think uh, the other thing that I try and follow is to kind of, it's, it's, it's more like uh, placing trust in the people you're working with. So it's because I'm not physically in the same environment as them. I don't get this chance to sort of breathe down their shoulder and get my work done. So I need to be a lot more uh, sort of place trust on somebody um, to make sure when they say they're going to get something done, they actually get it done. And I think over time, I've sort of had um, luck with this and I've managed to create a team of external collaborators where we have a great rapport with each other and uh, we kind of come together on different projects, but then, you know, we're always happy working together. So, um, and I, by nature, I'm somebody who likes to be around people um, and likes to work with people that I actually like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, so I, I kind of try and create this environment with the people that I'm working with remotely or otherwise, uh, where we kind of get to know each other outside of a work context as well, um, so that we can understand each other better and therefore create better work together. Thanks. I think we are all trying to do habits. I'm going to come to Narendra now uh, and switch to a different subject which I think must be on everybody's minds which is how do you handle client expectations? We just heard someone say that clients are actually becoming because they're free their expectations are touching the roof. So how do you handle client expectations in terms of delivery, in terms of timeline? Uh, how, how, are, how are you managing that? So actually it might sound a bit counterintuitive, but uh, what's happening is almost exactly like what uh, Seema mentioned with her ironing nickel. Uh, the clients are suddenly far more uh, empathetic as everybody was saying or far more, uh, you know, adjusting in terms of what they expect. And uh, see, if you look at the typical relationship that a studio or like someone said, a vendor will have with a customer. The customer tends to be on top and uh, then we poor minions are running around trying to get things done. Now suddenly all of us are in the same situation. So the situation has really leveled out because the customer also is facing a lot of problems in his business and his ability to go to the market and his plans. And he is desperately looking at people around him that can help him, that can understand what's happening. And he really and genuinely feels surprised and thankful that we are not letting his project drop. We are working and we are going ahead with the things that we had agreed with. So what has happened, at least uh, the experiences that I have had so far, is the customers are far more uh, surprised and happier that uh, things have not stopped. And uh, they are much more understanding. And uh, they are willing to, many of our customers are in the US or Europe. So they are willing to sort of adjust their times to work with us on videos. And so for us, and I think for many people, uh, we should assume that the customers will actually get much more friendlier because all of us are in the same boat and we want to just plug all holes and not let it sink. So, uh, and I think we all we, we all need to take this opportunity to uh, become friendlier with our clients, with our customers. Really. I'll come to yeah. Siddharth now. Uh, Siddharth, while client expectation is on uh, one side, the other side is... Uh, how to handle the team morale because uh, I mean a deadline is a deadline yeah. at the end of the day and uh, everybody is struggling with a certain amount of mental uh, instability with all the information barrage that is coming at us uh, at all times 
F1 is a little disappointed. Uh, how are you managing these two sides? Uh, you have to deliver deadlines also, uh, or have it minimally impacted, but also manage team spirit. Yeah. So uh, what we have been doing is we've been getting together as a team on a call uh, at least once a day, if not twice. Uh, so a lot of days we are getting together twice, and we are making sure that we, uh, you know, understand uh, and be empathetic towards. Uh, each other's issues uh, and problems, and and see how we can uh, you know help them. Also, see that uh, work uh, presents a great amount of challenge or enough amount of challenge so that your mind is busy and and uh, you know nothing works like coming out with a great solution or uh, you know doing uh, doing what you do best, which is you know doing design. And I think uh, that has at least helped our team to keep the morale up and. Uh, there are there are a few people in our team who live alone, and that's uh, you know as uh, I have told my team leaders to take special care and ensure that uh, you know uh, all of us are talking to them more often than necessary uh, just for projects, but uh, even otherwise and, and trying to see um, trying to ask them what they have cooked and how they're doing and if they need anything. Uh, and there have been times when you know people have come out and said that hey yes I do need something I'm not getting this. Um, this help around here, and um, some somebody else from the team has come up and said that okay, I'm able to help you. Why don't you meet me here and and we figure this out? So in fact, what has happened is because of that, there's there's been great amount of camaraderie that has developed in the team. People have become uh, more sensitive to to each other, and I think the team is coming closer and at least trying to have fun, you know, on a video call uh, as much as as they can. So. I think a lot of communication and challenge. Uh, to answer your question in two words, um, a lot of communication and great challenge on, on the work side should keep the team morale up. Interesting. Um, I'll, I'll come to Ayush now. Ayush, uh, you mentioned in, in, in response to the first question as to how you are treating this uh, time as a mini vacation. Uh, because one cannot imagine how would manufacturing and craft work uh, without the physical uh, proximity and working together. But as in the last two weeks or two or three weeks, as you've interacted with your team, uh, are, are you seeing any sparks of ways in which they're thinking as to, okay, maybe in the future we'll adapt things like this. Um, we don't know when things go back to absolutely the way they were. Uh, are you seeing some sparks or some ideas coming up? Is there a new way we would imagine uh, manufacturing in the future? You know, it's um, there are like a, a business is not the same throughout. There are some aspects of the business that can work. So, for example, our sales team is working even though the lockdown is there because they have the software support to do that. We have a software that allows them to work wherever they are, and it's a CRM. Um, the design team is kind of working, but kind of not. Um, I, I I would be very challenged in being able to say that uh, you know we'll firstly that we will go back to normal and also uh, how we'll work without getting there. So there is definitely a we're all talking about how we can work on a midway kind of a thing. Um, what has happened is that because all of us have got comfortable working across distances, um, that now if I have a person who's so how we are structured is we basically work in product. So we are spread across the country where we have works happening in Mizoram, in Kerala, in Kashmir. It happens everywhere. 
Until now, we've been very restricted to saying that we'll have a WhatsApp discussion. So, you know, having seen more tools are working and having gotten a lot of the people onto it. And the thing is that technology is kind of a great leveler uh, in a way because um, to have a Zoom discussion with a person, as long as they have a smartphone, it's good, it's fine. And multiple people can have it. So we are, we are kind of still navigating that. And what I would say is that we're kind of building on structure that was there and refining it. That one WhatsApp thing has now become a much more sophisticated tool where, you know, we can sort of sketch in Zoom and screen share. So it just become more uh, easier for us to work, you know, remotely. As far as manufacturing itself is concerned, I would have my doubts in it happening in any other way. Um, it does mean that we will have to start looking at how we serialize our manufacturing. If you're looking at uh, having some parts made outside, some parts made inside, how are they coming together? So it, we'll have to kind of design for the new situation because all we did till now was designed for the previous context, which is going to change. So for example, anything that we developed anywhere in the country would necessarily come back to us, to our uh, main workshop to get finished, resolved, quality checked, you know, packed and all that. Now we have to see how else we can do it. Can things get finished and, you know, completed at where they're being made? So a whole lot of different questions and opportunities and options have come up, which we need to kind of see once we start. We are too nascent, uh, we are too spread out. And to be very frank, uh, you know, our, our ecosystem is actually very fragile. So a lot of the people who work in my place were people who came from Bihar, came from Uttarakhand, came from different places, have all gone back. So to get them back, and it's the same thing happened at craft centers. Like not all the craft people belong to a certain cluster where they work. They belong to different places and they come together and work. So that, all the timing has kind of gotten um, smashed for lack of any other word. But we need to kind of see how we, we get it back together. Yeah, let's see how, how this progresses. Um, I'll finally come to Tanay. Uh, Tanay, you work in the digital design sector and probably a lot of people will say in an envious situation where uh, the nature of the work itself or the platform that you work on, things haven't impacted as much. Is there, are there something, some from your processes, the way you guys work, are there learnings that the rest of the design community can take? So, so just to kind of uh, start from where Ayush left off, I think uh, there are definitely a lot of learning back. I mean, there's definitely a lot of advantages working in a digital domain, uh, being in the center of it and kind of really being in a situation where uh, remote working has become our second nature at the moment. So definitely we are in an advantageous position, no doubt about it. And Ayush, uh, I, I do feel for you, bro. I think... <laughs> Uh, I think it is dif it is difficult to really transition from a completely hands-on environment to uh, coming to this kind of situation. Uh, one thing we'll have to realize that we have been suddenly pushed to the extreme. Okay, we have been suddenly pushed to a situation where no communication in a physical uh, world is is being is being allowed. And now I'm sure that this this is not the norm that we are we are going towards. Definitely, there'll be a midway where we will find grounds when where where there'll be a balance of uh, working remote or kind of accepting uh, working remotely and kind of really having a, a interaction as well. Obviously, it opens up a lot of lot of opportunity when it comes to digital to really come collaborate with people whom normally we would not collaborate with because they are not physically present. The new technologies does allow us to really innovate on top of that. Like, for example, somebody was saying uh, we started sketching together. Uh, normally, yes, I would love to have a single table and sketched and kind of really exchanged. 
uh, but suddenly we'll start seeing this whole adoption being actually taken uh, from this world, which is typically a digital world where we do a lot of whiteboarding, we do a lot of uh, kind of really posted kind of workshops uh, online right now with, with, with tools like Mural. We use uh, tools like Miro, which are which are kind of excellent tools to really to start kind of looking at brainstorming as a collaborative activity digitally. So I think uh, uh, there will be what 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 learning that I can pass on is that although this is not the norm that we are living into, the digital products which have been actually hiding uh, amongst a lot of other things which is happening will start to start start to come in forefront. And I would see there's a new light that I can I could actually see where the world has opened up not just because I'm working together uh, uh, with somebody next next to me, sitting to me, but probably it has opened up the world to me uh, much more at the moment. I can I can probably collaborate with somebody in Sweden, somebody in Italy, having having obviously Italy is like banned right now. Right now, even even we can speak about Italy today. But but yeah, I mean I think the the whole learning is that the collaborativeness is probably going to open up to a much much bigger arena. Uh, at this juncture, digital is obviously having an advantageous position and having a lot of tools which were already ready to explore. So uh, both uh, Narendra would, be, would agree to me uh, and both Sadat would agree to me, I suppose, where uh, all these tools were already being used. It's just that it has suddenly become a second nature to kind of really come on video call and start using them. We were slightly reluctant to do it because we always thought that, you know what, F2F is something that we are more comfortable with. So I think those are the things that I think is a learning. The second thing which I want to just pick on Lorraine's point is that the clients have actually become much more empathetic. Yeah? They don't want you to travel like two hours or four hours on road uh, for a 20 minute discussion on a particular design activity. They are more kind of really open to today, uh, opening up their Zoom call and kind of quickly sketching or probably putting a post-it on top of it. So I think those are the those are the learnings that I think can be taken to some other kind of design world. I'm I'm sure that there are challenges, but but I, I see change as is probably unavoidable at this moment. Uh, so so yeah, I mean that's about it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, absolutely right. And even this session, everyone in the panel is coming in from five different cities. So here we are. Uh, we will take some audience questions now, um, and I'm getting some live questions from our uh, host, uh, things that people are posting about. One of the common questions, and it was a rather concern that came up in a lot of questions that people were registering for the event, was how would product costing itself will get impacted? Because a lot of especially young designers were worried that we were already under pressure to cut costs and uh, the whole thing would give another reasons, reason for clients to again push us to cut our project costs. So how do we manage? Is, is it the eventuality that we just need to accept or uh, is there something, how do we handle these situations with clients? Um, I'll probably start with uh, Narit. Would you like to come in on that? Yeah, hi, I guess uh, everybody will have uh, some opinion on this, but let me just uh, tell you what I feel. Uh, the question is very genuine. Um, the customers are hurting and uh, they are looking at uh, every ways to save costs and project costs are definitely one of them. So it is not a non-genuine request from the customer when he says that can you reduce the cost. So it is coming more from him trying to save his own business models and own uh, you know business uh, 
rather than him taking advantage of the fact that oh you are not going to office work or you are in a trouble work you know give me a discount so that is one um, what i feel and the way we have planned our work and uh, including some discussions with our customers where the contracts were very quickly changed because of various things is uh, and i'll give you sort of two uh, examples is uh, the customer was like i was saying earlier very thankful that we understood his pain and we were willing to uh, you know change our rates or make sure that the key people that were working for him remained working for him so that his projects does not get uh, sort of affected because of various issues that he has and we know for sure because of the relationships that uh, all of us end, uh, end up having with our customers that he is going to support us later on when things get back to normal so the next one or two months everybody is supposed to sort of uh, take a bit of a hit and participate and help each other but this will be returned this favor will be returned so that is one point that uh, we are definitely banking on and also we have some contracts that sort of prove that the rates go back up after two months uh, the other strange uh, impact that has happened and uh, like in tanay's case also uh, many of our uh, designers uh, sit abroad sit in us sit in uk uh, sit at customer locations and now what has happened as you can imagine it's work from home from everybody right so a lot of my designers are now working from home in uk and working from home in the us and uh, it's suddenly making sense for everybody saying that if he can work from home from the us he can work from home from india right so then that uh, makes our designer happy really wants to come back it makes me happy because then i can sort of have a team with him it makes our customer happy because now he believes that work can happen remotely where he was in the old generation style where he thought that the person has to sit next to me and i have to direct and uh, this cost saving for everybody so this has in a way forced some of our businesses to work slightly differently and uh, we are getting a lot of our designers back to work from our studios and uh, everybody is happy with that so it's just this few months that you might have to go through this but yes the cost cutting request is genuine okay i'd like to take one more point of view on this uh, any of the panelists who would like to give their point of view on this please raise your hand okay i okay i'm going to move with ayushi please first so uh, uh, what i think is that like so the the pressure on cost cutting is there on us as well because even though we in the world of product now things have not got cheaper things if it all have got more expensive because there's a scarcity so um, but the pressure on reducing costs is actually a good one because as designers we are inventive we see how we can manipulate things how we can how we can ideate with cost as a, as as an important factor and also for a lot of i mean as designers we're trying to see where else can we apply design uh, not just in product but in systems in how we run our business in how we transport products from one place to the other so um, the the idea of reducing cost is not necessarily bad because given the same parameters how can we be more efficient so we are taking in that sense and um, and seeing how we can work a simple thing like a customer saying that okay i will not pay you in the stipulated 30 day time we'll pay in 90 days makes me become inventive what how i manage my costs and apply design principles on that so um it, we we trying to sort of see how we can be inventive using our design tools to to take care of this uh, challenge another question that that seems to be coming and it's a, it's a genuine interesting one sort of applies for designers is uh, our design processes how can we adapt our design processes in a situation like this because even if you have a project which, which is ongoing 
you don't have the luxury of meeting people to do design research, conventional design research. Uh, so how can we adapt some of those processes to make the most out of the amount of interaction we're having with people? And how, 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 how does that work? Uh, who would like to take this question, guys? Raise of hands. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sitat. Please come in. Yeah. So, so uh, I was just answering to happened is uh, I'll share an anecdote. So there was this. Uh, we we've had this client for over three years now, and uh, this client is to refuse to get on any sort of call, uh, even a phone call. So even if it was a five-minute or a ten-minute discussion on anything, um, we had to go and, and meet him. And uh, this has been happening for the last two and a half, three years, in spite of uh, us telling them uh, that you know we can we can have so many other ways of uh, meeting. And what has happened over the past two three weeks is that uh, we've been forced to get onto video calls, and suddenly uh, I see uh, that the client is very happy with this. Because uh, we can get onto meetings uh, at extremely short notices. Narin, for a little bit. Narin, you also can you can you add to that? Well, see, some of these uh, things are uh, definitely hit. So, especially when you're doing consumer research, where you have to observe a particular process in situ, whether it's a hospital or a shop, those are definitely out of the window. But uh, certain uh, videos, for example, or certain sorry, certain interviews with customers. Uh, or with respondents, that that can happen through video instead of going personal. So that has already happened, and like I said, uh, because our customers are empathetic, they were willing to sort of shift the schedule so that we are doing more interviews uh, in different locations rather than having to travel the team. And so there is a bit of uh, that, but uh, research is affected uh, significantly. But what I would like to say, uh, if I may, is uh, this has forced all of us to relook at. The design process itself, because that's the question I think that you originally asked, and uh, I have a strong opinion, which is slightly, uh, I think, controversial, but I'll just say it anyway. That uh, I feel uh, good design processes uh, hide bad designers. What I mean is that if the design process is very good, then a person will blindly follow those design steps and assume that the outcome is a beautiful design. And many a times he doesn't realize that somewhere the ball has dropped and what is ended up with the process is not really a good design. And what I've strongly felt is uh, by following a process, you can end up losing a bit of instincts towards the way you feel design and when you work at design. Now this, like someone was saying, it has forced all of us to work much more completely, work much more in isolation, like I think Nishma was saying. This is forcing people to sort of not adhere to processes but really look at the entire picture and become a true designer uh, you know in and out and just one more point again partly what Seema was saying earlier about the work-life balance earlier you used to switch off when you should leave office and as a designer you should never switch off you should always think about what you're trying to solve my best ideas have come in a shower for example so this new way of our life has forced us to be a designer 24 by 7 and that might actually help us in the talk. That is a fantastic thought, Narendra. Thank you so much for that. Um, we are already five minutes over our schedule, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up the session uh, right now. Thank you very much for your time. I'm going to just invite Hemant again, if you can announce the next event, and then we will do a cool 
uh, group photo of the panelists and end the session. Even. Yeah. Thanks, Nunjun. Um, it was a fantastic session, and I hope uh, others also found it as informative as it was to me. I think three keywords for me were uh, empathy, like build relationships with your customers, client, employee, vendor, anybody. I think empathy is a big word. I mean, as a designer, you should always have that. And second is keep yourself busy, like empty mind is a devil's workshop. So as long as you're busy, these things won't matter, whether it's COVID-19 lockdown or lockdown, anything. It won't matter and we will focus and deliver. And third thing is be open to change. You'll have to change at the end of this. And with this, I think uh, I would like to thank all the panelists for giving us their valuable insights and time and the audience for joining us today. I hope they take home some of these things. And next Friday, we're going to have four more prominent design professionals share their stories, perspectives, fears, and questions or something really important. But most of us designers hate to deal with it. That is designed for economic resurgence. It will be moderated by Suresh Venkat and it will be a very good session. So please follow us on social media and for all the details and register fast so you don't miss out this important webinar by ADI. And thank you and goodbye. Stay safe.